Hey everyone, welcome to Punkcast. My name is William Maxwell. I'm a student of Web3 and the owner of Punk9527. CryptoPunks are 10,000 uniquely generated characters stored permanently on the Ethereum blockchain. No punk is the same. This is a show dedicated to celebrating the punks behind the punk. My hope for this podcast is that we capture the essence of the punk culture, elevate the brand and the individual behind the punk. One last thing, projects discussed on the show is not financial advice. Crypto and NFTs are a volatile and risky asset class. Please always do your own research. Other than that, let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Punkcast. Today we have Punk8845. He's a three Addy and our first 3D glasses, cigarette and badass do-rag. In real life, he's a senior executive for a global tech company, and more importantly, an avid NFT art collector, one of the deepest collections I've ever seen. He collects across many genres. Gen art is a key favorite of his, also glitch art, photography, and PFPs, which uh, his collection also covers most of the blue chips in existence today. Please welcome my dear Scottish friend, Hyperspec. Hyper, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Hi, good, good. No, please, pleased to be here. Good to catch up again. See what's see what's going on in the NFT space. I know, um, mate. So you're you're based in you're based back in the US. Last time we uh, caught up was in sunny Bangkok. Oh yeah, very different. A chilly, chilly Northwest uh, at the moment versus a bright and sunny Bangkok. Very different. Uh, <laughs> so I'm back here. I'll see. Maybe get back to Bangkok in January when the weather gets really tundra over here then get to the sunshine so hopefully we'll see nice maybe, maybe we could start off with a simple question then how did you come up with hyperspec what's what's the story behind that so hyperspec is two nicknames so my accent if you don't know is scottish originally with a touch of irish so when i was in scotland my nickname was spec and when ireland my nickname was hyper so it was hyperspec. So I had that as my Twitter like 10 years ago. And I don't know, I think just as I was out looking, my punk just kind of reached out to me <laughs> as, as, you know, being the kind of embodiment of hyperspec. So, you know, it was good. That was uh, long, long-term long nicknames. They don't really have nicknames in the US much. Not imaginative enough, I don't think. Really? <laughs> I thought, I thought yeah. they probably would have uh, allocated a lot more nicknames. In Australia, like, everybody has a nickname, right? So um, uh, Same Scotland, Ireland, everybody has a nickname. US, no, not really. Yeah, okay. Rarely, rarely. Well, uh, hype is very fitting now. I, I, uh, I mean, 3D glasses, punk, I mean, that's definitely a hyper for me now. Um, yeah. Cool. And, and so, so hyper, so talk to us a little bit about, um, I guess, your, your roots, your upbringing, your background, and... Eventually, so how you sort of found your way into Web3? Oh, well, I was born in Scotland, and I went up through university in Scotland. So I'd done my degree physics, PhD in physics. And then after that, there was no jobs. So I left and moved to Ireland for work. And then after a while in Ireland, I moved to the US. So all kind of tech, high-tech, nanotech stuff. Um, but as far as crypto, I think my first buy was about 2017. 
a little bit of ETH and Bitcoin, just a tiny amount. And then I just watched it more. Um, bought a little bit, but not much. But then when the COVID crash hit, I went in pretty big and never looked back, really. You know, went through DeFi summer, absolute chaos. Um, you know, it was crazy, you know, what, August 2020, approx. And I come out of that with like 100 plus coins. I farmed anything and everything. You know, <laughs> you won't believe some of the protocols I've got. <laughs> They're ridiculous. But then as I was coming out of that, I don't know, like I, I enjoyed DeFi and I kind of understood it pretty well. But I started looking at the art stuff and I was watching, you know, Nifty Gateway back in the day when it had the Beeple drops and other stuff. And it was just kind of getting me kind of thinking about it. And then at the end of 2020, I decided, right, you know, take a chunk of crypto asset and turn it into NFTs. So that's where it started, kind of January 2021, almost two years ago. And yes. I never looked back. <laughs> Crazy. Right, so um, just to go back a little bit, um, you said you, you studied physics like you did like a ph phd in physics or something yeah electron so you, microscopy of magnetic materials <laughs> as i said i didn't i didn't realize you were uh um basically a doctor in uh in physics that's kind of cool yeah. and 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 so um your your journey from 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 that in the technology and, and what you sort of do in the real world was it an easy transition into crypto. Well, I still do both, though. I still do both. You know, I still like the science of what we do, you know. In a way, it is art, um, except a little bit different. You know, we kind of do atomic engineering effectively. We build these, like, nano devices, you know, only a few thousand atoms in size, approximate. So you're doing that, and again, it's a very abstract kind of research development thing. So if you take that more to my other you know, I do love art in general, but also got that DJ tendency. So combine <laughs> those up and that gets you moving this way. Combine with, you know, ability to absorb, you know, pretty good risk. You know, we do a research, but you still have to take a lot of risk in this space. Um, but all good so far. Not complaining. So Even at the bottom of the beer, I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> And what, what kind of art do you do you do personally? Personally, well, it's interesting because as I've collected many different types, um, I do love photography. You know, I got quite a large photography collection. I like that space, but I do like you know more recently like glitch and animation. I just think it's kind of I don't know. Um, it's good to kind of express yourself. You know, it's kind of simple, glitchy, fast, but um, I, I don't know. I think it, I think there's something interesting about it. You know, even the community of people, they're all these crazy people just drawing shit, you know, which is different to your classic PFP crowd or other yeah, areas. Yeah. So yeah, it's just interesting. So I just keep me, keep me, keep me busy during the bear market. Just do a little bit of glitch art just to keep me amused. Nice. <laughs> And um, and so so in real life though, before NFTs, you you actually had a bit of an art background as well, leading into it, like photography. I um, or just had a... have a few pieces, but the problem is I just don't have enough space. 
Is you it? know, so I've got maybe three, four different real pieces, which I think yeah. are okay. Like, but again, you can't compare that with, you know, almost two thousand NFTs. Yeah. You know, different. Okay. You know, you need to have a museum to fit it all in. So <laughs> it just takes Got art collecting to the next next level. And so. So, so take me back a little bit. I think you mentioned Nifty Gateway sort of piqued your interest uh, when it sort of kicked off. And that was probably similar to my journey. I went through DeFi Summer, which is a little bit crazy as well. But um, so, so maybe talk us through your, your first NFT purchase and, you know, first what interested you. And So as they say, like I was looking and I watched the Beeple drops and I didn't understand it fully. You know, I wasn't really, a, you know, I didn't wasn't aware of Beeple in the past. So I kind of watched it finger above and I'm like no why would I do this <laughs> and then I gradually as I say I got to the end of 2020 and I decided at that point I was going to get maybe some token type nft thing um you know some protocol you know or, or kind of launch type thing and then buy some nfts so really at that point you know there's no board apes or anything really you had crypto kitties and punks so that's what i decided you know it was just starting in 2021 it was my birthday coming up so i thought right go and buy one and that's why i bought first nft was my punk you know never wow. <laughs> uh, and it's the only punk i've ever owned is that guy you know i i just can't i can't bring myself to get another you know that that's my that's the punk <laughs> the, the punk um Wow, so your actually first NFT was was a punk. Um, yeah, eight, eight, four, five was my first. Wow. Um, okay, so so let's unpack that a little bit. So what um when, when did you first hear about punks, and how did it sort of lead you up to that purchasing decision? Like, oh, you know, that's a tricky one. Um, again, I probably packed up before Christmas, and then just watching, you know, you know, as you watch Twitter, watch what's going on. I don't know. Like, I just had a, this feeling like I wanted to get into this space and that seemed like the perfect entrance start with the punk and then art blocks came after that and then yeah. it was still a few months before Bored Apes made an appearance you know I, if I, I bought a big chunk of collection before any of that appeared you know, yeah I'm an early investor <laughs> yeah I know you, you gotta know that I've got, I've got it up on screen now so basically you bought a 3D Almost like two years ago now, for seven ETH. Um, um, what a, what an absolute bargain! So, uh, and and when you were looking at, I guess the the traits, um, were you looking at any specific traits? Were you spending a bit of time looking at traits? Um, oh no, absolutely! Sort of... Like the punks in those days would spend hours and hours staring over all the different traits, you know. But I felt I liked three D. Three D just popped, you know, more than any of the others. I was looking like because I know people like hoodies and stuff, but I don't know. I'm a 3D maxi. You know, I just think they have more, more pop to them. And then the cigarette, because I smoke, and the beanie, because I wear a beanie half the time. <laughs> more often than not, up here it's too cold, so you need a hat. So I thought nice. it fitted pretty well, fitted my personality well. And and so so back then as well, when you bought your CryptoPunk, were you hanging out on CryptoPunk Discord? following a lot of um, punk, punk on Twitter. Yeah, there was quite a few people on the Discord in those days. 
it's quite quiet, you know. It was actually okay. It wasn't too bad. Early twenty one. It was reasonable. Like it really started picking up later twenty. You know, maybe all you know, as it start as everybody was buying in, like August time later in the year, it just got shell center, and that actually a lot of punks left at that point because it was just too yeah. chaotic. Um, but now I think you see more people kind of hang about again a bit more, and you know, don't you know, it's just not as intense as it was during the height of the bull market. You know, it's a bit more chat, real chat, rather than just like crazy shilling. But no, it was good. Those days were funny. You know, a lot, all the kind of a lot of the Twitter characters were all around in those days. You know, a lot of the apes and the, um. There's a few zombies, you know, a load of different punks just in and out all the time. It was quite good. But the thing is, it's like, it was interesting because the first, um, I remember when, before Justin Avasaro got a punk, you know, he was in the punk discord and got us all to the, the save art space where we put our punks up on billboards, you know, and that was at the Christie's auction. So it was kind of interesting because that was the very first, in real life NFT experience, meeting maybe 20, 30 other punks and, you know, a really, really wild crowd, um, you know, cut from all different backgrounds. You know, there's a lot of poker players and these load of kind of computer geeks that are kind of deep into it. And it was just like a very strange cross section, but small. Um, but if you look now, you know, it just exploded from there. But I think that was an interesting kind of moment in time because, you know, people kind of knew each other a bit. It, you know, it hadn't, you know, apes weren't really kicking off at that point. So it was kind of pre-Bordé, pre a lot of what's going on now. But uh, it was just an interesting cross-section of society, really. <laughs> but all, all innovators, all kind of forward-looking. It's just interesting they all come from such different backgrounds. Amazing. So, so, so this was actually at the Christie's auction, Punk's auction, Mm-hmm. In twenty one, yeah. where was that? Was that in New York or? Uh, I was in New York. It was either April, May, or something. I I remember the day before. It was the Monday, and I just decided that day I was going. Um, so I got a flight that day, flew to New York, um, caught up with the punks. You know, got to see some some stuff in the billboards. Got to sit and what you know, we were actually in Super Chief. Um, NFT gallery in New York and it just opened up and we were all sitting watching the auction and Christie's live in there oh, it was a laugh you know everybody just sitting drinking beer smoking weed it was just a, a good night punk vibes can you, can uh, you just remind me of, at the end of it was a bit rough we'll see <laughs> can you just remind me um, what was going on auction and if you remember how much it sort of so went it was for. one of the alien punks, one of the first aliens, I think it went about 15 or so, 15 or so million. And that was the one that had the punks and the small tiles placed all around. You know, I think the punks were just about forgiven Noah now, but at the time it was outrage. <laughs> you know, it was like little kind of kitchen tiles down hidden in the corner. People just couldn't <laughs> believe what was going on. You know, but um, no, I I kind of went okay. You know, that was that was just you know really put punks on the, um, you know, it, it just brought them into the limelight quickly. 
you know, a lot of these things people haven't learned, then all of a sudden you're in one of the classic auction houses doing, you know, eight figure sales. That you know, that's a, a real explosion onto the kind of scene really. You know, yeah. and, and then you see, you know, whether it be artists, I haven't seen as much PFP things recently, but you know, again, it helped open the doors and give some credibility to the space. So I think good. Net good. Absolutely. I I sort of remember that. And the narrative back then was if your collection or project was good enough to get into an auction house, then it has some sort of credibility, right? And that was basically, I think at the time, sort of the ambition of a lot of collections to get in there, right? So I think... It set the way for Bored Apes and then I think Gary V even got uh, an auction mm-hmm. in there for some of his V friends, yeah, right? Totally um, so. uh, it hasn't been as much recently. It definitely is. It was going through last summer. It was something that was kind of definitely picking up a lot, but haven't heard as much recently about it. Yeah, um, I think uh, Bear Market Blues. Um, uh, reckon and so. I'll yeah, come back that, to that was a That was a crazy fun time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so you bought your CryptoPunk, you went to Christie's auction, uh, went to a few art galleries there. Um, and so that it sounds like that kicked off your NFT sort of journey in Korea. So then, so what was next for, for, for Hyperspec in the so uh, did, NFT collection journey? So what I did is after I went punk in January and February, I bought uh, art blocks. So I got most of all but one of first and second generation art blocks and an eternal pump. And then I stopped, you know, because like what I do is I collect in a certain area, but not overdo it. So I get early, I kind of curate what I like and then I'll just sit on it. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't like stuff, but I try not to FOMO. I just try to manage the size and scale of each investment really. So I got art block very early, and then like when Fidenzas came out, I'd already stopped buying for quite a quite a while. It was all kind of February, March, maybe a bit of April. I think once it started to be three, four hundred bucks a mint, and everybody was you know um, gas warring then to buy art blocks the first time. So that was probably March, April twenty twenty one. Um, that was just put me off, so I slowed out after that. But then I missed Fidenzas, everything. But it's just fine, you know. I like my collection as as, so I'm not I'm not complaining. No, that, crazy. I had that part, but then as I say, I never bought any other punks, but I did. I understood traits and stuff. So when the apes came out, I that's where I kind of applied that knowledge, and you know, bought uh, about a dozen board apes early. And wow. still hold six of them. Nice. So, so maybe um, talk to me about your art block journey because because um, it took me a while to get my head into it. Right? I mean, when I came out, they're talking about generative art. It's just like just it was just. See, I, I, I think, didn't I understand think, it, but like. See, I think what happened is because a lot of people are numerical in this space. I think they like that numerical notion behind the art. You know, and that kind of generative, but at the same time, programmatic style. And I think it definitely appealed to a lot of the crypto people. Um, and, and as well, again, it was very ambitious at the time. You know, people forget, you know, people look at squiggles now and you see them every day. 
But remember, when Scruggles come out, like, you know, they weren't even selling out. They took weeks. You know, it, it really was before it had any real momentum or it was the kind of true, I know, almost the true believers, you know, the, you know, whether you win or lose, you didn't really think about it. You just thought, right, shit, this looks pretty cool. Let's try it. And, you know, it worked out okay in the end. So, so you, you minted squiggles? I didn't mint squiggles, but I got a couple quite early, you know. I think I like squiggles. Squiggles are very good. Again, it's what they represent. It's what's, you know, the key part, you know, really the whole art blocks kind of movement. Um, you know, I think about these are the kind of first ones. So got got everybody's imagination going. Um, but again, that's why I think like those first generations were the most, you know, you had to be braver because there was nobody before you. So you're putting stuff out there that people hadn't really seen. So, you know, some of them you can be critical, not as solid as the more recent, but in their day, you know, they were the more ambitious, you know, because you know, there's no precedent set. They were kind of treading the new snow. So I think it's it's a good move, but definitely at that point, though, the more balls, most ballsy move I made was buying the Eternal Pump. You know, I remember the day it dropped and I was at work and I was fumbling with my phone and I couldn't get it. And, you know, I had my rationale, you know, because think about ringers at the time were, you know, what, a thousand floor and about five ETH or more. And I thought the pump looked better, you know. And I, that day I went and I bought on secondary. And then, oh, I was that, that was my biggest NFT buy by miles at that point. So, so, so maybe, maybe, maybe you can talk talk about the project a little bit more, right? So it's a special one by, uh, I think it's Dimitri Cherniak, right? Yes, yes. Um, so that was one of the earliest. It's not curated art blocks, but it was a 50-piece drop. And, yeah, everybody, you know, lots of people were chasing it in the first day. But it's still a small crowd. But I went in and I bought one, woof, expensive, 25 ETH at the time. Well, and then oh, I was almost sick when I was buying it because I wasn't sure at all. But I thought I want to get it. <laughs> um, uh, it was interesting because thereafter it goes from you know the typical crypto goes from twenty five to I think eight six maybe up to like four twenty. So you know it's a classic down and whoosh when it goes. But but the thing that's good with that the pump you know is it's very interesting because all the pump holders. We've met up with Dimitri and each other a few times. So we met up in Miami last year at Art Basel. We met up at New York this year for NYC. And it's kind of interesting because it's really just the pump holders that come together. So he's maybe like a dozen, 14 people. And most of them had bought early, early. So it's interesting to talk about punks. You know, last time there was 12 of us around the table and it was three cowboy punks a 3D and two hoodies out of 12, <laughs> you know? So like all classic punk collectors as well as art block collectors. Uh, it was interesting. A group of guys with good taste. And um, so, so did Eternal, did Eternal Pump come out before Ringers or? Um... No, after Ringers. Okay, Ringers okay, came, came out after. January. Pump came out about February. So yeah, not and too then, long and I... after. And that wasn't on art blocks. That came straight from Dimitri. No, it was on art blocks, but it was one of the factory ones. Ah, uh, okay, got it. It wasn't curated. Um, but the thing that's interesting with the pump is, 
so as well as you know good catching up with everybody but um last december i think it's december 17th um dimitri launched the rapture so every pump holder got a rapture each um and the whole idea is is you're not allowed to sell it for or sell it list it move it for a year you know and if any of us do that it'll go from a, a collection of 50 to 666 so you know it's basically the idea is, you know, watch the degenerates not sell. <laughs> and so far, we've all been like super diamond hands. The only one that we worried about was DAC getting, uh, or uh, because they, you know, people were, you know, some of the VCs were buying that were getting liquidated, and we were worried that we we're gonna have to dump it. You know, so it wasn't the DGENs <laughs> that were weak; it was the VCs that were weak. So, but I think from what we know, we'll be good through December seventeenth. You know, that's a whole year. Nobody moved it, touched it, looked at it. Um, out of fifty people. So, that's super interesting. So, so the, the current supply. Let me get this right. The current supply is fifty. Yeah. And if any of the fifty sell, the no, supply should you, to... Even if you move it. Wow. Let alone okay. or lift it or anything with it, no, it will trigger go six six six. You know, wow. you have to basically hold it and not touch it, not look at it. Hold it for a year and then you're good. What happens if your wallet gets compromised? You you still done. I, I don't know. I, I I was asking that. I think personally, I think if you get wrecked, I think you should trigger the contract. You yeah. know, <laughs> because it's part of the game. Like, you know, it's, it's kinda, not just it's kinda somebody cool. wants to sell it. You know, if someone gets wrecked, that's fair game. That's pretty interesting. Opinion. And when does that one year end? I think it's. 17th of December. Oh, wow. So. Okay. I, because and, when, and it, it, when it dropped, we all got on Discord and watched them one by one, minting. You know, so hopefully we were chatting about catching up, you know, live somehow at the one year anniversary. So it should be and, and, and so, like, what's like that being like the biggest offer on Eternal Pump that anybody's gotten before? Well, before last year, they were selling at about 420. It was three or four that sold at 420. Wow. So I don't know if many went above that. I think there's a couple of people try to sell today about 290, 300 or so. I just hold it. It's okay. Just These are classic pieces. No rush. Hold it for the next five years and see. Well, there's a, there's sell a bit it, of game. I'll sell it to one of the big galleries. <laughs> well, there's a bit me. of game. There's a bit of game theory, right? Um, if you if if you take four twenty, you could just make your money, dump the supply, and then just buy back in. Uh, four twenty, but it's art, you know. It's not like I this stuff you don't fuck about with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would. That's super cool. No, I don't flip art really. Again, some maybe I'll buy an extra one or two, sell off on the way, but typically. I just absorb art. I don't, <laughs> I don't sell it very often. Yeah. Um, no, it's a it's a beautiful piece. I'm just I'm just looking through your decor art gallery. Um, you've curated a lot of uh, art pieces here, which is really cool. I sort of see you've got um, the Singularity piece by Hideki as well. I mean, they're they're really cool. Well, you know what's interesting with Singularity? So he dropped a uh, free. For anybody that held Singularity for a year, I think it was in the first anniversary he dropped it, 
but what was it called? Totality was the follow-up. And I got yeah. the only red one at perfect. Oh, nice. Uh, I was lucky. You, you, you get a bit of luck now and again. <laughs> Sometimes the best strategy is just to hold, right? Um, so far, I've, uh, holding has not done any. Again, you just have to get in at the right part, point of the market. Yeah. You know, get in early enough or get in when it's bleeding, you'll do okay. Get in at the top, not so much. Pain. Uh, um, pain. And, I mean, to, to, to talk to me about your photography, because I know you're pretty big in photography. I remember last time we were in Bangkok, you were giving me a bit of an education, one-on-one in photography. Cause... Ah, well, we met up, actually, with one of the really top photographers in the space, Hans Kemp. Uh, ah, yeah. Uh, um, I don't know photography. I got early. I know I knew Justin a little bit early on. Um, I know Alejandro who done carpooler, so I was chatting with him today, really well. And I don't know. Just as we got, you know, more and more photography came in. Um, it just seemed like you know both good in terms of the content, but as well the people are very you know photographers are a good crowd, um, good fun. Um, and then I would say, if you look at NYC last year, it was good for meeting up with a few different photographers, you know, like TJ Thorne, definitely a good friend and, you know, many of the other guys, um, we met live and that actually helped bring people together a little bit. Um, and then what you, in fact, you actually see the photography space grow and mature quite a lot. Um, you know, at the start, it was just a random group of some people. You know, last time it was people booking out galleries for a week and, you know, multiple photography shows going on. So there's no doubt you can see it structuring and, and maturing below the surface. Um, but I, I don't know. I just seem, you know, I have different, as you see, like probably four or five different photography styles I collect. You know, black and white, I like nature, good. The only thing is that I don't, I, I really struggle with landscapes. I just can't get into them. You know, I like people, and you know, I, I you know, part of the gallery is more worldwide, kind of Asia, where you know I've travelled a lot. That's where Han, you know, Hans Kemp, quite a few of his pieces there. Um, or really from all over. Um, but usually I try to collect it. So when I do collect, I collect in a kind of gallery on voxels, and when that space fills up, that's it. You know, otherwise you would just collect forever. So I like to try and have a limiter. So usually putting it into my voxels gallery is my limit. Once that fills, then I'll try and, you know, break away, go do something else, not get too, too caught up in it. Yeah. Although I still do look at photography every day, you know, but I've, I've been putting more time in glitch than photography recently, just yeah. to kind of take a breather. So, so I mean, just as a, a new person coming into the, having a look at photography, like where, where do you start? I mean, you sort of spoke about landscape, different categories of photography. Mm. Um, is it just more of a personal preference on aesthetics or how, I mean, how would you sort of unpick which you one's good from which one's bad for you? I don't know. You have to kind of a little bit trial and error, you know, because a few of the first ones I bought in photography were landscapes. And it mm. took that for me to realize that I'm not really a landscape person. Mm. You know, it's just as I look at them. See, the one thing having them in the gallery is you look at them every day. You know, it's not hidden in a wallet. So you get to look at your art all the time. 
and you know what do you like what do you not like what what catches your attention um, and usually what I do on there is I just try to curate different spaces so usually when I buy my art I don't buy random I always quite often what I'll do is I see a piece on Twitter or somewhere on foundation I'll kind of copy it and paste it into my gallery and then I'll leave it for a couple of days and if I like it I'll buy it if I don't I just ditch it so it means that I'm kind of I kind of test it out a little bit before I buy it you know I don't tell don't necessarily tell them sometimes I tell the people sometimes they don't but you know you just want it to sit right with yourself and not just be a kind of um, you know, kind of buy it and then just throw it away, you know, discarded. You, you want to kind of think about what you're buying. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I, I feel, yeah, and I sort of do feel like the photography community is pretty strong, right? I mean, they go pretty hard, those guys. I don't think um, you're right. Uh, Again, they come from all different types, you know, because there's so many different styles of photography. You yeah. know, you get all the people, in fact, a lot of the people who do the landscape, they're really great people. You know, I got on really well with them. It's just not what I collect. You know, yeah. whereas the, I, I do like street, kind of more gritty, black and white street type stuff. Or something that's got yeah. a little bit more twist to it. Not just plain boring, but something that's got a bit of, a bit of edge to it. Something a wee bit, you know, something to look at it. So you look at it twice. Yeah. Gotcha. And, um, mate, just we can spend all day in your collection here. I'm uh, just looking <laughs> at uh, looking at some of your hacker towels as well, man. Like, you've got a pretty big bag of uh, hacker towel pieces. Um, well, I like hacker towels, probably, I would say, from a digital art perspective, probably my favorite. I got quite a few, but I got lucky there. Um, like a couple of those pieces I got through Nifty Gateway raffles for 23 bucks. Oh, wow. Uh, two of them. Like a few of them cost real money, but a couple I got in the raffles, so I was delighted. Um, nice. And, and do you have, is this a X copy? Um, is that a one on one, the Euro? The green one? No. Um, so, what that is, about near two years ago, there's a guy called Yuri Mirren, um, okay. and I bought a piece of his art, and I don't know, I think X copy tweeted it. Like, and then right after it, this guy was so happy about selling this, he released this collab with Xcopy. And it's interesting because if you look in at the notes of it, all our names are on it because we're, you know, the people who the uh, Yuri sent out to that day. So it will be forever kind of locked in the blockchain of who, who had this. So that was interesting. Nice. I think it was like 15 or 20 edition, like what, you know, I don't know, priceless really at this stage. I don't know. I don't even look. Um, so, the hyper, I think you're one of the people in the space that, um, for lack of a better word, uh, is, is a bit of a whale and a bit of a tastemaker in some ways, right? So, I think I sort of get the sense when artists um, see that they're in your collection, they're super happy and they love building that relationship mm. with you. Um, so, so maybe just a question for like, you know, just out of curiosity, like, I mean, you know, what is it about collecting that you enjoy the most? Like, um, and I guess, why do you collect? Um, uh, it's a good question. Um, I don't know. I like, I do like, as I say, I do like in my own space, you know, in the galleries and stuff. But, you know, I guess sometimes you have people visit, you walk around, but, you know, I just do enjoy it. 
you know, I like visually looking at it. And as I say, like, as I've looked at more and more art, I start to, you know, and you find this with a few of the collectors, they're kind of artistic at heart, but they don't always show it. But as they get more and more there, then all of a sudden they start doing a little thing on the side or playing or, and you find like a lot of these people are actually very good artists. They just have picked a different path in life, but they've always got that artistic kind of, you know, thing with them that they always, you know, they'll always carry it with them. Um, I think, I think you see that happen quite a few places. People start to, you know, I don't know, they curate first and then they just start to have enough confidence to try their own stuff. You know, yeah. I'd say the biggest challenge is just getting enough time to do it. If I had more time, I'd love to do more art stuff, but I try to do it the weekend, but just you know, the real life job and keeping you know, tending to normal crypto <laughs> takes up most of the week, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and so um, what sort of collections are you eyeing off in this market? Like, are you looking at any anything in particular or? I haven't looked too much. Like, the last big buy, I think I made a, a noun back a few months ago, maybe three, four months ago or so. Um, How do you feel about uh, them them removing the discord it's interesting i, I need to I've, I've chatted with a few of them and you know just get it's interesting to see what the end vision is with it because you'll always have groups of people like-minded people come together you know so if you really want you know decentralized as each individual person not interacting and kind of separate maybe but in reality you're going to get clusters of people start to to form as, as things grow. So I don't know, in a way, I think it'll be interesting. You know, I think you'll see a new chapter of nouns, um, coming, um, you know, as the discord goes, but I think you'll start seeing it, you know, more spread out, you know, not a central focal place anymore, but you'll probably have DAOs got their own discords and other people doing stuff and, you know, communication still has to occur. It's just whether it's, you know, in that environment or not. So, mm. but it is, it's a risky, you know, it's risky when you look at it, you know, it's hard to, you know, if you look at all these projects, they all have a moment in time that's a challenge for them. You know, all of them have, whether it be punks or apes or any, you know, they face different challenges over time. So to me, this is just another one like that. You know, the question will be, do the nouns survive and keep moving or not? You know, could go either way. I, I like their I like their kind of ethos. Just do good shit. You know, don't expect paid back immediately or, you know, if at all. But, you know, spread the word, get people, you know, enable the world and spread a bit of web three chat as you're doing it. So to me it's a good you know, it's a good still a good kind of ethos behind it. So I think it's hey, I'm okay with it. I just don't I hope they don't implode with internal politics you know but we'll see again it could go either way Absolutely. i'm not going to go sell my now tomorrow don't worry though i've these things don't <laughs> work for me <laughs> you know and and when when you look back on i guess your nft career to date um do you have any memorable or notable best wins or losses that come to mind um when wise again, I just, you know, I still amazed at what's happened with the board apes. You know, I am a Yuga Maxi. 
you know, I may have a punk, but I've got a lot more Yuga assets in my punk. Um, I think my belief there is if if any if any group of people are going to make it, it's going to be them that are leading the forefront. So you know, the same if you go back, if you, you know, if you see Amazons or others, you're going to have front runners. Just let them run. You know, no point in trying to see sec. You know, who's going to be second? That's going to become one. Or if you've got some on number one, just hold it. You know, and that, that's been my philosophy with them all along is buy early, trade a little bit to get liquidity out, and then just sit. You know, since I haven't, I think one of them I've listed in the last year or more, but that's it. You know, never sold, just hold. Hold and see. Yeah. See what happens in the next three, four years. Again, could go really well, could go to zero. That's fine. I'm okay with those odds. <laughs> yeah, they were, um, <clears throat> they, I mean, the, what they've been able to do within, you know, 12 to 18 months has been absolutely amazing, right? Um, been definitely a lot of life-changing yeah. moments for a lot of people. Yeah, well, I think they've opened, you know, again, they've tread the new snow in a lot of places. And because they're the biggest, it's like if you look at the recent SEC stuff, it's inevitable that, you know, you make something four or five billion, you're going to have the SEC peering down your back of your neck looking to see what's going on. So I I think that's okay. It, It would be expected, you know, but I think they're going to be the first of all of these, you know, like if they get a game that actually works, you're going to see others follow in. You know, if they get, you know, there's no doubt they're, you know, being able to go and see Snoop and Eminem live, that's just unthinkable, really. Like, so, you know, they've got the real life experiences as well as some of these other things. So, again, still, <coughs> still a very speculative view, but again, as good an option as any that's out there, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in no rush and... to get you know, rid of my Yuga. I'll hold Yuga for a long time. Nice. And um, do you have a favorite punk personality that um, comes to mind? Oh, I was thinking of this question. It's a tough one. Like, no, I don't really. I like all the punks. You know, they're all different in different ways. Like, all the OG punks are all good. You know, some some are more, you know, out there than others. Some are more, you know, they're just cynical in the background. You know, so it takes it takes everybody to be that community. But, but one thing I've always felt, you know, you go back with OG punks, they've all been very, very friendly and helpful to each other at all times. Um, you know, I don't know, it's just the kind of, it's like one of your other questions, you know, what's the punk? You know, punks are the OGs of the space. They're the kind of, if they're not, the, they should be the stable stability, the kind of wiser people in the space. You know, some of the new stuff goes, but, you know, for me, punk should be st- the stability, like the wise ones. Any um, so which kind of OGs uh, sort of were you connecting with back in the back in the day or even now? Oh Jesus! I don't know. Everybody just kind of connects up in different ways, in different yeah. ways. You know, it, it depends. Like I remember, like so say for my art type background, um, if you go way way back, you know, I remember when you had. You know, Justin, Avasarno and Claire Silver, Ben Roy, and you know, we'd be in crypto voxels, six people, you know, and I would go as much to just give the guy, you know, it was if you look at this accelerate art, it was that in its first incarnation, not the latest one, you know, but you'd go just to show 
some support, you know, and chat a little bit. And then, you know, those guys go do really well, all famous, all good, you know. But when people need you, that's when you be there, when it's quiet and, um, you know, you need the support. But once people start to make it, it's fine. Like, let them go. You know, yeah. I, I think that's happened with a few different people. We, you know, you've met a lot. I've met along the way. Um, if I don't know, countless people who have kind of started small and got into super rare and, um, you know, just grew in the space over time. So it's just, it's just good to be connected with people. And again, you know what? I hate being overshelled. But when people are trying to do something good, then you should go out your way to help support them. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, that's the point. No. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think Justin and Claire have done a fantastic job at what they're doing, and um, oh. in some ways also elevating the punk brand too, right? Um, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, but again, like everybody, you know, started off kind of, you know, just getting to know again different people who've grown in different ways. So I think it's great, you know, it's all good. Like, all, as you say, good for punk brand. Um, it uh, means, means that. And, uh, and, and if you were to describe punk culture in a few words, um, how would you describe it? Oh, as I say, I think it's OG, you know, it's the OG of the space. I think punk's mainly coming in, I think mainly coming from a crypto side, crypto angle. Um, again, I think when you look at them as investors and the art space and that, you know, we're so solid. You know, if I look around, in fact, most of the the big art people are got punk backgrounds. As I said, like at the Eternal Pump Dinner, you know, these like what was it, three cowboys, two hoodies, and a three D, you know, and they are. It really does feel that that's part of the. The, the kind of punk side of it. Although I will say, like, you know, a lot of punks missed out on apes and salty as fuck about it. But really, you know, you, sh- you just need to be open-minded in this space. There's no, you know, nobody's better than another. Like, you know, again, everybody combined is still a microscopic, tiny amount of the world. So no point, you know, might as well just build with each other and get more people in. That's why I think, do you been keeping track with the Reddit stuff that's going on? You know, the Reddit avatars in the last few days, it's just insane. Um, I jumped into their Discord. I was looking around about it. Talk about the next wave of NFT people. They're right there. Beautiful. <laughs> oh. So it's not, coin, it's not Coinbase. It's uh, it's going to be the Reddit guys. I'm telling you. And, and you can tell as well, they've got that right level of degeneracy about them. You know, <laughs> the low I good, good level of low IQ and memes. Like, they'll do well. <laughs> <laughs> And and if you could pass on a message to the next owner of uh, your punk, what would you like to say to them? Oh, I would say first thing, don't click on any links. It's not not allowed. <laughs> Put it on a ledger. Keep it. In fact, keep it on the ledger. Don't click any bloody links. Um, no, I, again, I'll, well, I'll go to the grandkids. I'm not selling, so we'll see what it happens in those days. You know, it's still a thing. Like again, I, I, I treat all of these as you know, they're going to be fine art one day. You know, you can see punks being positioned as that, but you know, you're going to start seeing digital museums forming. Um, you know, to me, I dabble with it in the early, you know, in in the smaller voxel space, but I think in time you're going to see big 
you know, kind of hybrid galleries, you know, AR galleries where you can walk about and, you know, get best of both worlds. I think it's inevitable, you know, 10 years or more. So keep the punk for that point. Have it next to the Mona Lisa. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. Oh, it would be. That's the um, so, Hyper, this has been super fun. Um, I guess any closing comments on your side and I guess how can people sort of find you? Um, I'd say, well, closing comments, good to chat, good to catch up again. You know, hopefully next time we'll meet live for a beer. That'll be good. Sure. Um, I think, again, I, you know, to me, I'm a big fan of the Web3 space. I have ETH Maxi at heart, um, but big fan of the Web3 space. But really, people should just get in contact with each other in a positive way, not in a shilling kind of way, but in a positive way. And again, every day you're getting connections and contacts and, you know, some work, some don't work, but, you know, just get out there a little bit and, and try help each other, I think is, is a good move. Um, the best way to catch me, you know, I, I keep all my DMs shut down. So, you know, Discord, almost never look at them. And on Twitter, I keep it pretty locked. Um, you know, send a message and I'll find you. It's the easiest way. Send a message on Twitter and I'll find you. I just don't open up because it's just too um, risky. An amount of DMs I can handle, but not a huge amount and not random. You know, even with the kind of roughly lockdown, I'll still get you know a dozen a day. That's enough for me. Um, I, I I dread to think about some of the people on Twitter, just how many DMs a day they get and how offensive they could be. So <laughs> I just don't need that shit. I just stay one layer behind and, <laughs> you know, make art, buy art, chat with good people. But no reason, no reason to be in the, the limelight side of it. I leave, I leave that to boys like you. You go and help get brand, <laughs> brand punk and, you know, we'll help build it from below the surface. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Well, Hyper... Thank you so much for your time today, man. It was fun. And uh, I'll definitely take you up on that beer um, whenever we sort of catch up next. Uh, January um, in Bangkok. Let's do it. Could be a goer. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, guys, that, that's a wrap for Punkcast for this week. Thank you so much for listening in. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.